Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with the goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today is going to be a little bit different than our usual format because Dr. McGee's study, uh, although it was set to um, uh, set to start off uh, in in uh, chapter six, uh, he mainly spent some time reviewing uh, some things and some various thoughts on marriage. And as I listened, what I thought I was, uh, what I thought I would do would be to. Um, give a couple of uh, of my random thoughts on chapter five. Chapter five is such an amazing chapter that um, I just thought it would be um, a good time to do that. So, <coughs> with that being said, what I thought we would do would just be uh, select a few verses that just seem like they they uh, spoke to. Me. To me, so at the end of chapter four, down to um, down to verse thirty-two, the last verse in chapter four concludes just as it dovetails into chapter five. It says in verse thirty-two, "Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you." And then it starts in verse one again. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Okay, so walking in love is something uh, that I want to touch on. And then when we drop down to verse 8, it talks about, For you were once darkness. But now you are light. He didn't even say you were in darkness. He said you were once darkness itself. And he didn't say now you're in the light. He said you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. So we've talked about walking in love up there in verse 1, and now we're kind of talking about walking in the light, down in verse 8 and 9. And then in verse 13, and everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. So we become a light. If we're illuminated, we become a light. 
we are a light. And then it says in verse 14, I'm going to go back to this. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And as we said last time, these are this little excerpt from the Old Testament is not really one specific verse. It is three different verses in Isaiah that Paul puts together as one composite verse. And I wanted to talk about uh, perhaps living in the... So we're talking about walking in love and then walking in the light. And then all of a sudden, I'd like to switch and talk about um, walking in life itself. Walking in love, walking in light, and walking in life. So everything uh, starts with an L. Kind of uh, sometimes we like to do things like that when we're trying to organize our thoughts. Um, but let's talk about walking in love, first of all. Ephesians is chapter 5, I think, mirrors a lot about Galatians 5. They, you know, Ephesians and Galatians, we, we studied Galatians before. They both have five chapters. They're both written by Paul. They're both written to churches needing encouragement. <clears throat> both of them are exploring a lot of theology, describing what Christianity is to people who are trying to learn. In Ephesians also digs uh, as Galatians main as Galatians really centers around the gospel message itself. This brand new message. <clears throat> Ephesians digs deep into the theology and ascends high on the peaks of scripture as it talks about um, our relationship with God the Father the Holy Spirit one another in the church unity in Christ it's uh, that that new creation that we have in Christ itself um, just beautiful themes but but now in both books in both uh, Galatians and Ephesians for some reason both of them land in chapter 5 talking about walking uh, Galatians talks about walking and Ephesians talks about walking maybe you can remember that because you have five toes on your feet I don't know how you want to remember that but just remember that there's this very spiritual side of Galatians and Ephesians and then Paul brings it down to a more practical side well how does that look for the for the Christian who has to, who has to walk the walk and talk the talk so he's describing it so in Ephesians chapter 5 he talks about walking in um, he talks about walking in love and uh, you know love is the basis for this whole gospel message everything was done as as he said in ephesians chapter one everything was done according to god's purpose and according to god's plan and his pleasure and it was done based on his love his grace for us is based on love his gift of his son jesus christ to us is based on love Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law, it says, and the fulfillment of the law is love. We, we studied that in Galatians. 
Love conquers all. Love never fails. God is love. The presence of Jesus Christ on earth is love. That is the presence of God's love on earth is the presence of Jesus Christ. Everything else is man's folly and pseudo-love coming from man. But true love comes from the Father in heaven and is reflected on us and then we can emulate that love. And we, as we said yesterday, it is an amazing how Western society and probably effect on Eastern society too, in all of history, our definitions of what true love really is and what really should be is really based on Christianity. It's this unselfish characteristic of Christian love. It's this selflessness of Christian love. Love of the other person, not of yourself. That egocentric love, is, is, you usually see that coming from man or men's religions. But God, God's love, the religion that comes from God, it's really not a religion, it's a relationship from God, with God, is a selfless, self-sacrificing love. And isn't it interesting that even though people who don't claim Christian faith still admire that kind of love, still value that kind of love and still hold that up. Even the atheists in the new humanistic religion, they, you know, the atheists now don't like to call themselves atheists. They like to call themselves humanists. So even the humanists value Christian traits. I mean, nobody would value egocentric love. Oh, I will love myself, or I'm the greatest, or, or I'll, I'll only love you if you do something for me. You know, even, even through the eyes of a humanist, they can see, even though their hearts are hardened to God, they, they cannot, um, they don't reject in their heart God's love. Because the person whom the God who made each one of us instilled that in each one of us. We know, we know inherently, either subconsciously on some subconscious level or conscious level, we know what seems fair and right. And that's that's your soul. That was instilled in you by a God who loves you. God's love is is um, manifested in the person of Jesus Christ. We can look at Jesus. We can see, you know, and Jesus <clears throat> did a lot of things. He, he, he taught, he performed miracles and signs and actions, and he did a lot of things. But it's interesting to note that we could read the Bible. Every one of us could probably read the Bible. And, you know, if we went back in time and we could, we could preach the exact same things, And even if for some reason we had the power to raise the dead or heal the sick, just like Peter or maybe Paul did, even if we, for some reason, were given a 24-hour pass to do all that kind of stuff, it wouldn't be the same. And that's because it's how he did it. You know, he said a lot of things. He did a lot of things. But it was how he did it. He did it in love, in pure love. And he he would he would correct people, rebuke people, but he did it with love. 
perfect, sinless, but also love. It was how he did it. It's often said that that um, you know, when you talk to somebody, they only really remember maybe ten percent. 15 to 10 percent of what you tell them like when you're teaching people in school they're not going to remember <clears throat> every word you say most of everything you say to somebody they're going to forget you're going to introduce your name to people and in five minutes most people will f- have forgotten even your name unless it's like something unusual that sticks in their minds but most people they've forgotten your name but most everybody remembers how you say what you say. They'll remember the tone of your voice. They'll remember the way you say the words. People remember how people say things. That's love. If you say it in love. So, God is love. Jesus Christ is the presence of love. And we're to walk like that. We're to we're to have that same because the Holy Spirit's living in us. We are to walk in love. That's what being a Christian looks like. Now we're down to the nitty gritty in chapter 5. Walk in love. That's a tall order. You got to be real patient and you got to be thinking about other people all the time. I mean, you know, how much fun is that sometimes for us? You know, I'd rather be thinking about myself, you know, ha ha. But no, he says, don't do that. You gotta be thinking about other people all the time, wherever you go, wherever you think and say and do. Let it be other person oriented. Love is an emotion for others. You're supposed to walk in love. You're supposed to walk in light. What is light? Well, Jesus is the light, He's the light of the world. Walk in light. It's another word for the Holy Spirit. And I think for some reason, I think he probably said the light because he probably was figuring, you know, most people couldn't understand what the Holy Spirit is, you know, or what the Spirit means. But they can see light. They can understand what light is. Light is something that lights up darkness, you know. Everybody, you know, back then didn't have a flashlight or a cell phone with a flashlight or electric lights. They didn't have matches that would start a fire. They didn't have gas power coming into their house that could start a stove or something like that. They don't have keys to crank a car to start a, a, a miniature fire in your in your car ignition, the sparks. They didn't have all that. So he said, um, walk in light. You know, light was a precious commodity back then. But light was something that did something. Light was, you know, light was something that, you know, you could have love and you could walk around in love. But light was light was something that changed uh, an environment in an active way. Just as love is sort of the emotion that gets put into action, light is... Light exists by your presence. Light is something that, through the presence of light, darkness is changed, darkness is rejected, and people gravitate to the light. And if you shine it, if you have a light, 
people want to be around the light. They want to be around that that campfire. That's what light is. That's what light does. So he said, walk as in the light. So in other words, the challenge is for us, we need to walk in the light, the light of the world. The light, the light of the world is Jesus Christ. His word is our Bible. That's his word. That's the manifestation of God. Jesus is the personification of God. The Bible is the, is the physical manifestation of his words. The whole plan for us is in the Bible. Okay, so we are to walk. We are to walk in the light. We need to have the Word of God in us. We need to stay in the Word. We need to stay in His light. The, His Word is light to the world. And if if we're not reading His Word, we don't. We're not. We're not staying in the light. And if we and if Christ isn't in us, the light isn't in us. And if our eyes aren't focused on the Word, then we're probably focused on the world. Okay? We either got to focus on the Word or focus on the world. One or the other. And we either have Christ in our hearts, centered in our hearts, or we have our own self-centered, the world-centered in our hearts. It's one or the other. And so then the last thing, the last thing and I wanted to talk about was arise, oh you sleeper. You know, rise and shine your light. That verse that I read earlier. That verse touches me because it talks about walking in life. What does it really look like to be a Christian? Well, you know, you can look at the Word, stay in the Word. You can, you can keep the Holy Spirit in you. You can, you can walk in love. You can walk in the light. But some days are going to be better than other days. And you got to get up and you got to keep going. I think, to me, these verses just speak to that part of the of of our walk with Christ, of our life in Christ, when you're going to have ups and downs. And and it just is, I think it's just really encouraging. Like, get up, rise and shine. That comes from uh, Isaiah 60, verse 1. Rise and shine. Get up and shine the light. Shine the light. That's the purpose that you've got to do. In love and shine the light that you have inside of you. What do you have to do today? Shine. Shine. Shine in love. And why does he say, you know, wake up, O sleeper, rise up, O sleeper, rise from the dead? It's a call to people. It's an encouraging call to people who, 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 who may feel like they're dead already. And I think sometimes Christians may feel like they're in the in the doldrums. They feel like maybe they just have 
aren't doing a great job. Again, I think he's talking to them. But I also think he's talking to me and you too. Wake up from the dead. Wake up from your doldrums. Wake up from the humdrum, boring things. The world is a bright place. Jesus Christ is shining on everything. It's not a boring day. It's not a boring world. Wake up. Walking through life like you're sleeping? Or spiritually sleeping? Or maybe you're just spiritually dead already and you're walking. Wake up. Get out of the get out of uh, your routine. And maybe if you're dead in sin, wake up. Get out of that sin. And and I was thinking this morning, sleep. He uses that analogy of sleep a lot. He shows us a lot of love examples, okay? He shows us what love is, and we see a lot of stuff about love. And then he shows us a lot, of, I think, about the Holy Spirit in maybe the example of light. And he shows us his goodness in an example of light. And we have a lot of examples about what light is. Flashlights, campfires, light from the sun, the moon, reflection, light. But what about death itself? Something we're afraid of, something that holds us back, something that we're fearful of. Death itself. He uses so many examples of death as being asleep. Remember the little girl that Jesus rose from the dead and and the parents were all upset? And Jesus said, she's not dead, she's only sleeping. Wake up sleeper. Um... I think it's probably a good idea at some point. Maybe I'll do a study on sleep and the analogies to death. But just for here, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. Isn't that an interesting example when you think about it of of the fact that God gives us sleep and we get sleepy after a point in time and we look forward sometimes to falling asleep or we look or we just sometimes fall in our bed and we don't have any more emotion other than just, you know, being glad we can get some sleep. We feel terrible if we don't have sleep. What's that all about? Well, I mean, maybe maybe it's God giving us an example every day of, of death and the fact that, you know, He's defeated death and the fact that... <clears throat> We know that when we fall asleep, we just know that we're going to wake up. Most of us, unless there's a few rare people, but most of us feel that when we fall, when we go to sleep, we're going, we're going to wake up. And we feel good about having gone to sleep. And we know sleep is important. Babies have to sleep. We'd rather be asleep when... Um, there's surgery. Nobody wants to be awake when they have surgery. Or if there's a long plane ride or airplane ride, we'll just say, man, maybe I can get some sleep and I won't have to look at all this. Well, maybe that's an example that God's given us because he uses the analogy over and over, wake up, old sleeper. And that example is that we trust 
that we're going to wake up the next morning. The light's going to come and the light comes in through your window and wakes you up. You're usually awoken by light from your sleep. Turn on the light, you can't sleep anymore. Most people throughout history go to sleep at night. Unless you have to work the midnight shift and then you wish you were sleeping. But but God gives us this um, example of sleep perhaps to instruct us to know that that's how much love he's got for us and that one day death is like sleep for us. And that if we trust him, we can trust him to to know that he's going to raise us from our from our death he's going to raise us from our sleep just like he just like he raised Jesus and maybe it's a way to comfort us a way to comfort us to know that that death is not uh something that we have to fear because Jesus Christ has already defeated death and death itself in his eyes is no more than us being asleep in our eyes so I hope all this was uh, encouraging to you. Uh, Ephesians 5, as it looks like, as it just takes a look at what that Christian walk is like. This is a supplemental uh, uh, study. Dr. McGee didn't really uh, get a chance to cover much new ground today. I just wanted to add this as a supplemental study to chapter 5 in Ephesians. Walking in love walking in the light, and walking in life. God bless you, and I'll see you next time. And uh, if Matali is podcasting today, um, I will add her podcast for today onto this one. So for me to all of you, God bless you again, and keep a Christ-centered heart.